Okay, Trevor Bags, I'll start things off by telling you that I haven't smoked weed in two days. I'm not smoking till Friday. We're slowing down the weed consumption here at the Posted Up Studios only because Five God, right, the in-house producer, he's taking a 28-day break because he believes it will help him get his tolerance back. And, you know, in, in doing so, right, if the, if the partner in the studio is smoking less, I'm going to be smoking less too. This is practically the only place I smoke weed. And, uh, yeah, I... I I don't feel any different. Like, people, how do you feel? Dude, I don't feel any different. I feel the same, dude. I feel the same. I feel as if I don't know the reason why I smoke weed, but I like smoking weed. It, I don't think it really affects me negatively at all. It's weird. Yeah, there's a balance there, man. You know, I've dabbled a time or two with the marijuana, as, uh, as you might know, and some of our listeners, some of the friends listening to the show might know. Uh, it's all about finding that balance, man. You can you can fry your brain twenty four seven and and smoke all day, and that's not necessarily good for you. But yeah. you can strike strike a happy balance in your life. And, and and trust me, as a guy who's about to become a father in in a matter in a matter of days, yeah, I do I do think about the weed consumption. But uh, I think there's a happy balance between you know you don't have to smoke twenty four seven. You don't necessarily have to take it's, three it, months dude. off. You just got to find your happy balance, man. You got to find your happy balance, and you got to find how it. It affects you and how you're gonna use it. I don't know, bro. Like you know, on the weekends, man. I, I'm I'm here at the studio, right? And I I just I just been getting shit done for a while, and I don't I don't mind starting off my day with a joint. I'm talking eight thirty in the morning. I don't care. I'll smoke a joint. I'll walk the dog. It just it just works. It just works. You know what I'm. But that you know that's, really that's some stonerism right shit for sure, though. Eight thirty in the morning, puff puff. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yeah, you're you're living the West Coast dream. You know what I've really been loving right now, though. Sunday morning. You wake up, you smoke a little, have a nice brunch. Sunday football's on. Maybe you get some chores done. You see a homie or two. You keep watching football. <laughs> Go a little walk with the wifey and the dog. You come back. You watch a little more football. <laughs> just, just a great way to spend your Sundays, man. No, Not straight lie. up, straight up. Look, if anyone's listening to this and they, you know, not struggling with marijuana but have you know just weird this weird relationship with it i feel as if that's when you have to slow down it's when you kind of feel like you're uh, uh you're abusing it or it's just not feeling the same and again in my shoes i just haven't had any uh any faults with, with my relationship with marijuana yet and here i am not smoking till friday hey like we said it's all about finding a happy balance silky and filthy this show is all about finding that happy balance <laughs> Facts, yo, puck between talk and puck bullshit. talk and bullshit. We don't have too much puck talk. We try not to have too much bullshit. It's the same thing with your weed, man. Don't smoke too much weed. Don't smoke too little. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, do you, baby. Do you. Uh, we and, hope- and, and, and one last word of advice. If you're a general manager of an NHL team and you smoke too much weed <laughs> and you're fucking sitting with your thumb up your ass not doing anything, <laughs> like Jim Benning was for, for oh, most of the week man. leading into Monday, we go on uh, there. that's not a good thing either. So again, find your happy balance. Let's do this silky and filthy. Welcome all you Silky Studs to another episode of Silky and Filthy. I'm Trevor Beggs, he's Kyle Bowen. You're listening to this show on the Nux Misconduct Network. I'm going to tell you to go subscribe to that network and I do strongly believe that 
But let's be real. Nick Bondi, host of Power of the Towel, might be carrying the load for a while because, you know, I've been doing the quickie, the offseason here, my baby's on the way. I'm taking a little break from that. And this could be the last episode of Silky and Filthy for a little bit going to the offseason. Kyle, tell me how you're doing. And also, what, what are the plans you're sipping on a 40 going forward? You've, you've been banging them out recently. That's it, man. It's it. It's it. Trevor's, uh, Trevor's uh, chosen to uh, pick his family over the podcast. Wow. It's happened. You heard it here. What a it's, jerk. It's, it's the last episode of Silky and Filthy in quite some time. We've been doing the show for, again, quite some time. But, hey, I'm so happy for you, man. Again, I love you, man. I love you, man. Oh, Trevor's having a kid, man. What it's a, all what love. a 180, all love. man. We, we talked about balance off the top. There's some fucking balance right there. You know, giving me the booze I deserve, but then give me the applause that I also deserve. <laughs> you I don't deserve no booze, that. man. You don't deserve no booze. You got you to gotta do what you got to do, and that's be a, be a dad for the first time. Now, I will say, to answer your question, what are the plans with sipping on a 40? I just have a, another week planned, I think. You know what I'm saying? I'm just waiting for no, more news to come to come forth. But as soon as it's kind of all done, I don't think I'm going to be coming back to sipping on a 40 till January. Like, I don't even think I'm going to cover this team during the uh, training camp. I, I just want to get things organized a bit. You know, it's been a year podcasting, uh, covering the Canucks, quote-unquote. I think a couple months off of just organizing stuff, making things look a little different, uh, bringing new energy to the fold is what the show needs. And I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush, okay? We already know. We already know. If the people listen, we know we got the best podcast out there. We, we do. We do. Straight up. Yeah, straight all, up. You know, it is. like The, the best podcast that what you said no one's ever heard of? Well, a few people have heard of it now. And, you know, you, you got to give me the booze. I haven't turned the network into a, a millionaire empire yet. Me but, too. Uh, you could fire me. solid work been done. And, you know, this has been fun, man. This has been our first Full season doing Silky and Filthy on the Nux Misconduct Network. Oh, yeah. We hopped on board with uh, Nux Misconduct and SB Nation in March of 2019 towards the end of the 2018-19 season. Feels like a long fucking time ago. Um, and I, I wanted to point out one thing. So on, on the show, I want to go over some uh, some of the off-season what-the-fucks. Because there's been a few what-the-fucks. It's been a weird off-season. want to go over some bargain bin beauties. But Kyle, I wrote down in my notes some of the bets that we made at the beginning of the year. Okay, some of Let's the predictions go. we made. Let's go. Let's so, go figure it out. your predictions? This is back in October. You said the Leafs were going to the conference finals. <laughs> oh, shit. How did that one turn out, buddy? Oh, buddy, that, that, turned, that out? turned out bad. That turned out bad. They're, they're just a... Yeah, they're one of the more fascinating teams in the league. Obviously, they're in the, the center of the universe, and they're just so front-loaded. It, it, just, it just seemed as if there was a chance that there would be a change in the way playoff hockey would be played, and there would be, again, this chance that a, a high-octane offense, fuck defense, fuck grit, could possibly make it far. And I was wrong. I was wrong. It happens. It happens. I don't, I don't care. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like that's a, a, a win-win type of bet, you know? You, you, get, you get the Leafs to the conference finals. You're smart. The Leafs don't even make the playoffs. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fair enough, man. They were, you know, they, maybe if they snuck into those playoffs, you know, maybe they're, you know, making some noise. No, they, this wasn't their year, man. Uh, you lose to Columbus, you go down. Uh, they were lucky to even get to game five. But uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate you making a bold bet. I'm going to call you out for another bold bet you made that didn't quite work out either before I start, you know, shitting all over myself. Okay. Uh, you said back in October that James Neal was going to score. 
40 goals. Did I say remember, 40 you, goals? You saying that? <laughs> hey, hey, that's a bullshit. <laughs> Yo, that's why nobody listens, man. Shit. <laughs> you, I think you said that after James Neal. What did he have? Like oh, four three, goals oh, in yeah. his first three games or something like that? Yeah, so yeah, that was yeah. right off the hop in, 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 at the beginning of the season there. So, you know, he, he was on a good start. You, you know, Connor McDavid, Drysaddle, I, I don't blame you for making that bet. Uh, he ended up with 19 goals, so he almost got almost, halfway there. Almost. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's about Trondheim. It's about Trondheim. Okay, what else did I fuck up on? Uh, so that's the only two from you that I have written down. Uh, I'll, I'll get to me for a second. And before I shit on myself, uh, I will give myself credit because I remember you shitting on me for this. I said at the beginning of the season that five teams from the Pacific Division were going to make the playoffs. And you were going, Trevor, what the hell, man? Yeah. The Central's so stacked. There's no way fucking Arizona and Vancouver are making the playoffs. Blah, blah, blah. Just going to say, I was uh, I was actually right on that one. So Congratulations. Once in a while, I know what I'm talking about. Congratulations, man. You win. You win. That, that was a bold prediction, let's be honest. That was bold. At the time, yeah. <laughs> real tough. And I didn't really account for uh, San Jose completely shitting the bed, too. So uh, I think uh, looking at my standings predictions... I had Anaheim, Edmonton, and LA out of the playoffs. So I that was, it was Edmonton for San Jose that I fucked up on. But uh, otherwise, it, it wasn't bad, man. It wasn't bad. But let, let me shit on myself for a second here. And, and you know, the, the Atlantic Division kind of fucked us over. You, you said Toronto's making the conference finals. <laughs> I picked the Florida fucking Panthers to win the division. <laughs> Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. That's fucked up. Yeah, that, that's, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. That, that may be worse than... Than my prediction with the Leafs and James Neal. Yeah, no, no, I no. Think the James Neal one was pretty bad, bro. That's uh, <laughs> that that's one that makes you want to read a hockey book, you know, freshen up, real talk. <laughs> hey, man. Well, after this uh, week of sipping on a forty uh, and doing the show here, Silky Filthy for Nux misconduct. Uh, maybe you'll finally read that stat shot book, man. Maybe you'll finally read it. Ah, uh, it's on my shelf, dude. There's one copy here and there's one copy at home. So, uh, Jesus, it's Christ, not really it's happening. You're rallying the plague. I know, man. So what happened was is uh, when I ordered it, they said it was delivered and I couldn't find it. So they sent me a new one. And then weeks later, the owner of the house came down and was like, yo, uh, this came for you a couple weeks ago. So that's why I, I have two copies of that all book. Right, all right, I got you. Yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there one day, man. Maybe this offseason. Maybe you're going to come back to sipping in 40 and you're going to be the next Harmon Dial, man. Just right? ask deep right? in those analytics. Straight up, straight up. Harmon's a fucking all star, man. I, I don't think more like more and more people need to start talking about how how fucking great that dude is. Real talk. His yeah, writing is so brain. good. And big fantastic brain. And he's uh yeah, just on top of his brain. Like even his his hand, his penmanship, you know? I feel like it's great too. He, he's he's working on that. It's different. Hey, Shout out to Harmon, yo. Yo, kids, kids, you gotta start practicing from a young age, man. Harmon was uh was writing for Daily Hive at thirteen. I actually had a 16 year old reach out to me for Nux misconduct, and hey, I, I can't discount on age right now. So, uh, in the process of putting him through the ringer to see if uh, he's he's got it, got what it takes. Nux misconduct, man. Nux. Yo, who's the one dude? Who's the one dude that's always commenting on uh, people's tweets, saying uh, talking about like, oh, Nux misconduct, we do that or blah blah. Who is it? Is that Westy or someone? Yeah, Westy. He writes for the site. <laughs> he's just always talking. He loves the site more than anyone. I don't think anyone loves. Nux misconduct more than Westy. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, though, man. Like, That's Westy love. embodies what I love about Nux misconduct. And one of the reasons Nux misconduct is so great, and it's 
you know, I'm a little biased being the managing editor, a little underappreciated, I think. Uh, but Nesbitt's Connor just gives no fucks, okay? There's no <laughs> fucks given. There's no bias. There's no, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No one's holding back, holding you back from saying what you want to say. Okay, let, and, let's, let's have a serious conversation, though. Do you think that is, like, it's free, it feels great, but is that... Is that best for the organization? I read something in a, in a book that talked about how there has to be a little bit of anxiety in whatever you're doing in order for it to to work. You know what I'm saying? But I guess that's always there. I mean, even though we're free to do what we want, we still have that uh, competitive nature and you know that anxiety of wanting to to do better than the rest of the blog. So that that, that is still still there. Shout out to Nux misconduct. Okay, <laughs> shout out to Nux misconduct. Let's go. Let's go. Look, real talk. Sorry to cut you off, but that episode that Nick had with Irv, that was just, that's a, you're not even getting that on the radio. <laughs> real talk, man. A lot of stuff yeah. there. Well, I think podcasting in a lot of ways is a better medium for, you know, what you would call radio hits because people are, can be more free, more open, more honest. Um, and it's, it's why not just Nuxbus Conic, but like podcast networks all around the world are often better than radio because radio, you got a bit of a muscle on, you got Ooh. lots of ads. So podcasting is the way to go, man. Ooh. Straight up. That's why I love it. That's why I love making and listening to many different podcasts. Hey, 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 shout out to, uh, shout out to everyone making podcasts, man. Shout out to the city of Vancouver. Real talk, real talk, real talk. There we talk. go. There we go. Okay. But one more thing before I get into the off season, what the fuck, one more, what the fuck for me. Uh, this is why this is the show with the West coast bias. I can't predict the East man uh, in the metropolitan division. I had both the Islanders and Columbus Blue Jackets out of the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, that one backfired. And I also had the Philadelphia Flyers finishing seventh in the division. Seventh. <laughs> they won the fucking division. Yeah. I feel as if that wasn't the dumbest thing to predict, though, you know? Yeah, they, they were a weird team. Like I said it on the quickie a little while back. I think it was heading into the playoffs. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Flyers, you know, won the cup. I would have been supply, su surprised if they got uh, knocked out in the first round. So they were a weird team. But, uh, yeah, that's a prediction that came back to completely bite me in the ass, Kyle. Okay, okay. So that's enough what the fucks from us. Let's get to the what the fucks from around the NHL. And I want to start for, first and foremost with the lottery maestro himself, Taylor Hall, going <laughs> to the Buffalo Sabres. What's going on there? What the what the fuck is that all about, man? He's he's banking on himself. He's he's gonna stay healthy for the next season, right? He's gonna play with Jack Eichel. He's gonna pad the stats, and he's gonna get a a different contract next year. That's all he's hoping for. Because right now, like, let's be real, bro. Let's be real. This is really interesting. A lot of these players, I, I wouldn't say they're getting underpaid, but the dollar amount is damn low. It's surprising, man. It it is surprising. It. it it was inevitable, but just to see the numbers and where they're at, it makes sense how A, teams are not wanting to spend money this year, and just let alone signing long-term deals. It's, oh, you're uh, completely it's right, man. And I, I think there's a crazy stat from the first day, maybe like less than 100 contracts signed on that first day, but the average contract was like $1.5 or something like that. Like it was, it was stupid low on the first day of free agency, you know? And you're right. We saw all these one-year deals, two-year deals. Yeah. You know, like Mark Montana had some of the longest deals on the fucking market. Yeah, you know? man. So, so do, you, do you think Taylor Hall made the the right choice? And, and what is this dude? Does this dude not care about winning? Like that's something that I have to talk about, man. Because yes, I know you're banking on yourself, and go get your money. Go get your money. Do whatever you want. You worked hard your whole life. Go get your fucking money. You you deserve it, right? 
But the fact that he's in the prime of his career, he just, you know, played with New Jersey for a couple years, had one, you know, semi-successful year, and then he goes to Arizona, and Arizona's Arizona, and he immediately, you know, chooses to go to to Buffalo. It's, uh, I don't think this guy gives a fuck about winning, dude. (laughs) I honestly think that the NHL and his career in the NHL, it's broken Taylor Hall. You're right. So many years of losing in Edmonton. Yeah. Has one semi-successful season with the Devils. And that team sucks. Goes to Arizona while they were still in the playoffs. And then Arizona tangs after they trade for Hall. So I just think losing has followed Taylor Hall around his whole career. I kind of hope for his sake it changes one day. But, well, I uh, hope for Buffalo's sake. That was sake, before he signed with Buffalo. I hope for real. Buffalo's sake that it does change. Because Buffalo deserves change it really does they love hockey they've been loving hockey for forever since they've gotten a team and their fans don't deserve mediocrity they're not they're not even getting mediocrity they're just getting awful production an awful product and this really is a do or die year for that franchise because at the end of this season it if things don't go well you're not not only going to lose hall you're going to lose eichel he's been probably the most outspoken player in the nhl for a couple years now (laughs) the last straw is coming it really is. I mean, you'd like to think so. Um, and, and you're right. This is a guy who wants to win pretty badly. But, like, how much has have the Sabres really done to get better? And, like, how much could they do? I mean, like, they could do more. They still have a goalie to sign, Sam Reinhardt to sign, Victor Olofsson to sign. And they're $13 million under the cap at the moment. Like, there's still possibly moves to be made. Maybe they're a team that goes after, like, a Hoffman or a Dadanov. Uh, or they have another move to be made. But like this just does not look like a team, even with Taylor Hall, who's going to win. I know, you know like the know. Arizona Coyotes were, you know, maybe a little worse than, than the Sabers, although they made the playoffs. Um, but yeah, you, I just look at the Sabers team, and they got three three players, right? Skinner, Hall, and Eichel, and Dolan. making a combined twenty seven oh. million dollars. Okay, that's cool. a lot of fucking cap space, man. That's and a lot of cap space, and I, I do believe you know Eichel is definitely worth all that money. Skinner, Skinner, you know, doing doing a complete finesse job, you know, just having a great start. Was that like a season and a half ago? The guy was on a tear, signs an extension, dozes off. And and yeah, you have Taylor Hall, just the uh, you know, quite honestly, one of the biggest losers in the NHL. Again, this shows this shows it like again, go get your money, go bank on yourself, do what you gotta do. But I feel as if this like we have to look into this, don't we? Like, what what's going on? You had you had the pick of the litter. You could have probably got a one year deal somewhere else, maybe not for eight mil, but man, Buffalo, Buffalo, Edmonton, New Jersey, Arizona, and now Buffalo. <laughs> That's ridiculous, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. A murder, that's a murderer's row of ineptitude right there. But he that's loves it. He loves it. Maybe you know why he loves it. I got a theory. Okay, this is so right. Maybe he just enjoys spring. You yeah, know, good, good time to start golfing. You know, yeah. He's like, yeah, you know what? Y'all can go play in April. I'm done. I'm done. I'm gonna start my summer off right now. Well, he's and, in for a rude surprise next season, or a rude awakening with uh, the playoffs. Are probably gonna be in June. What when they start? Even, the oh man, oh man, Taylor Hall, you prove us all wrong, man. Prove us all wrong. Just a great player, though. I, lo- I love watching him play when he's on because he's so reckless. With the puck, without it, he's just all over the place. So, yeah, and, and yeah. you know what? Now that he has a number one center in Eichel, maybe things are different. That is yeah. something he's kind of lacked for a long time. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, curious to watch what he does, but I, it's still a weird move nonetheless. Uh, uh, one of the other really weird moves I thought 
was not only the Montreal Canadiens trading Max Domi for Josh Anderson, but then signing Josh Anderson to a massive contract and then watching Domi sign for a way better deal. And I think Domi's a better player than Josh Anderson, man. Wow. Tell me I'm fucking crazy. Did Josh Anderson get seven years at five and a half? Seven man? years. Okay, well, thirty-eight why? and a half million bucks. But why? Five and a half why did he get seven? And why did he? Why did he deserve five? Well, what's going on? I, I don't think he's a horrible player. I know he's been injured and stuff, but he just kind of that, yeah, that power forward build. I get it. You know, those are always sexy to have on your team. But don't you want some fucking results first? What was the rush? Doesn't this contract somewhat remind you of? A Brandon Sutter type deal? Uh, yeah, I mean Sutter's a, a <laughs> no. I, I know. Interesting comparison. They were like close to the same. What was age. The, but what Anderson was the rush to older. sign this deal? What like were their hands strapped? Like you know what I'm saying? What, what was the rush to give them that much? It's it's kind of ridiculous, man. It's kind of ridiculous. They're really they're really betting on him to do a lot because again, seven at five and a half for a guy that's you know he's proven himself slightly, slightly, bro slightly and he got that man he he 100 percent when he got that contract offer this dude signed that shit asap bro asap yeah. asap and, and i see what what montreal is trying to do right they obviously like they re-signed petrie they signed edmondson they signed to foley they signed anderson like they want those big body players because they felt like they were pushed around a bit you know gallagher the little man on the team was fighting a lot of the battles there but that doesn't mean you got to give a guy like Josh Anderson five and a half million for seven years when he hasn't really proven himself, you know? And I mean, again, Bridge Van's banging on the Anderson that, you know, the player he was becoming before this season, before he was injured. But this guy had one fucking goal in 26 games this season. <laughs> to me, like, you need to give a guy like that a show me deal like that. There wasn't, I don't think there was actually a lot of head scratchers this offseason as much as we're picking out the what the fucks here. But that was one where I just I just went like, what the fuck is Montreal yeah, doing? Yeah, what the man? fuck's going on, man? That that looked um, like a typo. They they've just spent money this off season, and it's uh, it's really it's really interesting because not a lot has been done there. You know, we're talking about Petrie, we're talking about Jake Allen. Petrie's a sick defenseman. He he really showed up in the playoffs. We're also talking about the same team extending Brandon Gallagher for six years, and I fuck with Brandon Gallagher. That guy's. That guy's a, a player every team wants. He's so unorthodox. You know what I'm saying? But even even then, bro, even then, it's like, whoa, chill out, dog. Chill out. Y'all were a bubble team, you know? Literally, in, in, real talk, they, they weren't even supposed to really make the playoffs. They just got kind of handed a spot, you know, based on circumstance. And are they really changing the outcourse of their franchise based on that? or Or is this just a favor to Carey Price and Shea Weber? I mean, it, it kind of is a favor to Carey Price and Shea Weber. And, and I do, I, I don't want to say like that's really swaying Bergevin. Like we don't really fucking know. We're just speculating. Uh, but those guys have mentioned that they want a team around them to win. You know, yeah. Weber's 35, Price is 33. Uh, they're still playing, uh, you know, better than their age would suggest. So I, okay. I guess maybe you well, want to take a shot with those guys. And, and this is this is the PHL, man. This is the parody hockey league. I mean, I guess you never, you never know. know. That's the way and some GMs feel. When you sign Carey Price to a... A 17-year deal worth $146 million, right, a couple years ago. When you sign a deal like that, that long, you kind of have to go down this route where you're always trying, you know, always trying. But yeah. it's just really hard to do so through free agency, even through trades, especially when you're not really acquiring superstars. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, and, really- and, and again, you know, Domi was a guy who was potential, had the potential to be, you know, a top six center. Obviously, they like Suzuki and Kock and Yemi, but I just feel like cool. Montreal always gets guys who are good centermen. Uh, you know, Galchenyuk, they were loath to try there, even though he was pretty good. They kind of ruined Galchenyuk. Then they trade Domi. Like, these guys are just, you know, Duran didn't work out there. It's just these guys are always cycling through players who could potentially be that top six center. Again, maybe they found those guys, but still some weird moves coming out of Montreal. Hey, but, but good work on the Toffoli deal. That's uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, we jelly in Vancouver of that yeah, deal. Yeah, uh, shout out to Tyler Toffoli and his 17 games in Vancouver. Uh <laughs> You know, one team who obviously flopped in the postseason was those St. Louis Blues when they lost to the Vancouver Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks, love that. Can you really call it a flop, man? They just won the Stanley Cup last year. Just like, fuck this bubble shit. You know, we're in a hotel in Edmonton. It's kind of different. I don't don't call that a flop, okay? It is what it is. They were the top team in the Western Conference. I know, man. But it's like, (laughs) that was just a weird circumstance. You know, these guys were definitely just ripping it up in the hotel room, just just chomping at the bit to get back home. I don't know. Just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You, you know what? I, I don't doubt that opinion to be honest, but you know, I, I still, you got to look at it as a flop when they're the top team in the Western conference Touché. losing to a team in the Canucks Touché. and been to the playoffs in five years. Touché. That, Touché. that is still considered a flop, but you know, I think they flopped a bit in this off season too. And, and it wasn't so much what's happened in the past couple of weeks. They were in such a bad cap situation, but I, when, now that Petrangelo is gone, I still wonder, like, why the fuck did they sign Justin Falk to this long-term deal worth six and a half million per season? He's a middle-of-the-road defenseman. He's making all the fucking money in the Maybe world. Maybe they and were that drunk. Contract at the time was meant to insulate them in case Petrangelo left, but it ended up being the contract that pushed him out the door. Maybe they were still drunk, <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> Just give me whatever. Let's keep it going. Let's keep let's keep this train going. You know. You know, and, and weren't yeah. weren't St. Louis one of those teams that had players with COVID, right? Prior to ha- entering the bubble, didn't, didn't yeah, they did have to shut look, their training. I know down. A, a lot of people. I just saw a tweet too. I, I don't know who, who sent this tweet out, but a, a lot of people are referring to the fact that you may not like what's happening in the off season, but do remember it is twenty twenty. You know, it is twenty twenty. The COVID nineteen thing, it's a real thing, and a lot of people just want to brush that off to the side. And use that as a, a non-excuse, but it, re- it it is a real excuse. It's as real as it gets. It's as real yeah. as, as it gets, and it's kind of it's kind of having me be less critical uh, of organizations. Let me just look at the Vancouver Canucks, for example. Right, they they were in cap hell no matter what, no, if COVID was here or not, they were still going to be in cap hell. But but man, it's the fact of the matter is you know the salary cap didn't go up there probably was a plan in place to do a little bit more and covid-19 is a real fucking thing a real thing and it's kind of hampered hampered everyone everyone and yeah, I, yeah. Uh, with that being said i'm not going to fucking make too many excuses for a team that spends 32 million dollars on literally players that could be healthy scratches and that's the craziest thing people talk about them being bottom six players the vancouver canucks have spent 30 million dollars on players that real talk could be healthy scratches in meaningful games yeah I, I, <laughs> that's I crazy that. well I, I, why don't we get to the canucks okay I, I do had a i had a couple more what the fucks and, and they all kind of tie in together but, okay you know one of them was the roller coaster in vancouver so we did sipping on a 40 last last thursday uh instead of silky and filthy we wanted to focus on those canucks uh had a free agency yes sir and honestly it was a roller coaster right oel rumors marshall and tanov to fully stetcher all walk and then they trade Ooh. for nate schmidt 
Yeah, like, like, how are you feeling about the Canucks? Like, are, are they a team that had you going what the fuck over the past few days? I mean, no, you're the wrong guy to ask. I know you've been really chill about it, but I just yes. want to know your opinion. Yo, Trevor, if you fucking, you, you know me, you know me more than anyone when it comes to podcasting behind the mic talking about the Vancouver Canucks. I have been saying for over a year that they're just spending money and money and they're spending so much money on players that are not even that good. I was talking about this last year. Jim Benning, when I was mad at this dude, I would just always say, this guy spent over $20 million on players that suck, on su- that suck. And then we had Jim Benning, right? Jim Benning makes the uh, the Miller trade. He drafts Paul Cozen, which I really appreciated because he's looking at the long-term uh, goals of this team. And the narrative kind of changed because he proved me wrong. He proved me wrong. And all that all that hate that I was throwing towards these, these bottom these dwellers, these healthy scratch players that are just hampering this organization, I think I just got tired of using that narrative. Like, I can't even use it anymore because I've already been saying that. I've been doing that. And I'm just sitting here thinking, damn, I, I, I just got to wait and see. This dude's already proved me wrong once. Maybe, just maybe, this could still work. This could still work, especially with their top players just being so fucking good. So fucking good. I, that's, that's all that Jim Benning has. I mean, he's... He's really entering quite possibly the final year, final year as being a GM in the National Hockey League. And he's just literally putting all of his, all of his spirit into Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson. Cause that's the only recipe for success here, right? Those two have to be amazing. They have to be amazing. You know, everyone's talking about how, when, well, why are you complaining about the contracts when next year they're all going to go off the books and that money's just going to go to Pedersen and Hughes? Like, it is what it is. Sutter guys won't be in here, blah, blah, blah. I get that Hughes and Pedersen will be making a lot of money because they deserve it. At the same time, though, if they are going to be max players, that means they got way better. They got way better. If they're going to be $10 million players, that's not based off what they did last season. It's going to be based off what they do, what they do this season. And what if they do get better? What if Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson are better next season? The Canucks are better. There, there's yep. still a recipe there for success. There really is. And then you talk about Holpe replacing Markstrom to some sense. I, actually, you, you can't say Holpe replaces Markstrom. I said this on my show, right? Jacob Markstrom is one of the best players in the NHL. He really is. If you're one of the best goalies, you're one of the best players in the national. They lost that. They don't have that anymore. Holpe's probably not going to be Markstrom, but it's a, it's a decent cushion to have there, right? Isn't it? The Canucks well, do- I think you look at not just Holby replacing Marchand, but Holby and Demko. Yeah, replacing exactly. Marchand, they, right? they have some pretty good goaltending still. The recipe for success that helped them last year is still there. Now, a lot of people, for I, I get it, you know, we're, we're, we're smoking that gas, you know. We want more from this team, this young team. I never had it in my vision that this team would win a cup, you know, within two or three years. <laughs> Real talk. It's going to be a long-term thing, so maybe that's why I'm just being patient with this. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just went all over the place. At the end of the day, I've already talked so much shit about Jim Benning. I'm just done with it. I'm done with it. I don't want to live that life anymore. Yeah, you know what? And uh, here, you can always listen to Kyle's spicy takes about Jim Benning, the Canucks, on Sipping on a 40. It was very positive over the last week, man. I got to give you that. Yeah. Uh, despite all the animosity going on in vancouver you had a pretty positive tone for for your shows so go check those out on the nux misconduct network if you haven't already wherever you go get your podcast go make your hockey life a little bit better and you know what kyle i would probably give jim benning and the canucks you know like a five out of ten on the what on the what the fuck scale five out of ten that's bad that's even a little high that's yeah you know what i think people were shocked about seeing all these ufas walk um 
you know, Toffoli was the one that really bugged me because there's a pretty massive hole in the top six. And bro, but, he gave up assets. Ten of Markstrom. Yo, I. The city is allowed to be mad. I, I want to make that clear too. You know, the city's allowed to be mad. People left, and when you have Tyler Toffoli leaving after you given gave up a second round pick and Tyler Madden, it makes sense. It makes sense why you'd be mad. What's going on? Wasn't there a plan in place to make sure that this guy was going to get signed? And there possibly was if COVID nineteen wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be here. You know, maybe the the salary cap would be up three or four million dollars, and Toffoli would still be a Canuck. Real talk, real talk. That one does hurt though, because it's yeah. it's a waste. But let's not just say it was all COVID though, because there were options, you know. And, and again, maybe the Aquilines didn't want to buy anybody out because of the restraints, but because of COVID, I think there were options to probably offload. You could even have offloaded a guy like Pearson. I, I'm sure. Like I even wonder still if like Sutter cannot just be traded. Like you package Sutter in a fourth no. round pick for like a seventh round pick. You know, like bro, if but. If yeah, Ryan I'm Murray sure the have been down that road, you know. If Ryan Murray is getting traded for a fifth round pick and Nate Schmidt is getting traded for a third round pick in 2022, Brandon Sutter is never getting traded. He's never getting traded. That guy has zero value. Zero yeah. value. You no, know, I, and I mean you have to attach a sweetener. When I said like a big sweetener, Sutter in a fourth or Sutter in a third for like Sutter a in a second because you know? he's useless. Yeah, I, I just, you know, the hopeful part of me is like maybe the LA Kings, they don't got a lot of good for Is, is Brandon Sutter the worst Vancouver Canuck of all time? No, that, that probably goes to Louis Erickson. You don't think, oh, I think wow. Louis Erickson has been wow. worse than Brandon Sutter. Does this organization have two of the worst Canucks of all time in a time where Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson are on this roster? You could honestly say yes. Yeah, and, and that's why when Jim Benning gets the love, you know, you got, you just got to remember that stuff. Canucks fans, if you're slurping Jimbo, just remember Louis Erickson and Brandon Sutter are staring over the shoulder watching you. <laughs> Yo, it's, it, isn't it so ridiculous that if they didn't have these guys, the Canucks would actually just be shopping. They'd just be stacked this year. Stacked, man. Going after it. And, uh, yeah, they can't even sign these, like, one-year, $2 million deals with some of these bargain guys, like the Hamannicks, the Vatnins, the whomevers, because of those guys, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's alarming. But again, if you followed this team and understood those contracts, like you, you should have seen this last year. And uh, I, I was our, again, I was always looking at this. It was, um, it was inevitable, inevitable that it was going to catch up to Jim Benning. And it's funny because <laughs> Jim Benning loves this time of year, you know. The fact that this guy had to shut down his checkbook from for the most part, it was probably uh, just just fucking hurting him, hurting his soul. Yeah, it, it's it's been a tough day for or a tough time for Jimbo for sure. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the bargain bin beauties out there. Okay. I did have one more what the fuck on my list though. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't want to make it quick. I don't want to give this guy a lot of attention, but just a quick fuck you. Ooh. Fuck you to Ooh. Dean Blundell. I don't know if you saw this. He posted some shit. Okay. About how Haley Sel uh, Sel Salvian, I, sorry if I'm butchering that name, Ottawa Senators writer for The Athletic, he wrote about how she was you know, faking gender discrimination for attention. Just, just some absolute bullshit. So just a fuck you to Dean Blundell. I know Twitter was all over him. Uh, but we got to be... We, what did he say, though? What, what did he category. say? Why the fuck are old, white, fucking sexist motherfuckers still, still posting shit like this in 2020? And this guy no, isn't the, just some nobody with like 50 followers. He's got 70,000 followers on Twitter. He's, he's the guy who's well known. It's not because it's 2020. Like, why Why is he still doing it in 2020? This is just what he believes in. You know, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's probably enough time we spent talking about no, him. So because it's obvious, man. It's obvious. Just looking at the numbers and how old school hockey is. I don't know all the stats, but yeah, the majority of female reporters and hockey storytellers that are female, once again, they are probably getting disrespected. And it's not a cry, a, a, like a, an undeserved cry for help. It isn't. It isn't. It's it's yeah. there. There's so many problems with the NHL. There's so much, so many problems with hockey culture. It all came out this year. It's been happening, but it all came out to the front. It's the game needs to change. It needs to change. Don't don't fight the fucking change. But it's obvious that this dude, Dean Blundell, whoever the fuck this motherfucker is, would, would actually say something because, again, he's probably just an old, old hockey dude that's that hasn't adapted, you know, and just stubborn. It's, um, I'm sure he has a micro penis too, so you know <laughs> that that always has to be a bit. Wow. What if I have a micro penis? What, what's wrong with the micro penis, huh? It still works. It still gets the job done, right? It still gets the job done. Does it? I don't know. Hey, there's uh, a bullshit. You know what? You know what? In fairness, you know, one, don't one be don't be hating time. on the people with micro penises. All right. <laughs> okay, no, I will say this. Go. So one of my best chick friends of all time has a micro penis. Uh, no, no, but w- w- she uh, <laughs> she hooked up with this guy, and she's like, this guy had the smallest dick, but he gave her the best orgasm of her life because he learned how to be good at everything else. Like, just mastered, mastered go. eating that pussy, just mastered everything else. <laughs> there you so, go, you know, man. There you go. You got to be a jack of all trades. Yeah, like, never say never. You know, you, you don't choose your dick size. You don't yeah. choose your fucking boob size. Yeah. You get what you get. Okay? And you just have to you work with it, man. You just have to work with it. Anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. But if you have possible. a micro penis and then you decide to be sexist, like, that, yeah. that I have a problem with. So, fuck you, Dean Blundell. <laughs> fuck you and your micro penis, Dean Blundell. I've had enough of you. Uh, bargain bin beauties, man. Okay, so, honestly, <laughs> for a Nuxmith's Conduct assignment, we did the roundtable. Go check that out on NuxmithsConduct.com. Uh, Kent asked us on the roundtable about cap gymnastics. How the fuck are the Canucks going to make this work? I honestly, I'm pretty stumped about how they're going to make this work. Um, but just in this scenario, I had them signing Jake Vertanen and Godet to, you know, friendly contracts, uh, buying out Brandon Sutter, burying Sven Berchi and Louis Erickson. And they have, you know, about two and a half million dollars to work with in cap space. So again, this isn't just for the Canucks, but just some bargain bin beauties I like out there that could be had for maybe a million bucks or so. Um, and I'm going to circle back to one guy I talked about on the quickie. It's one of the most listened to episodes over the past 30 days, but Alex Galchenyuk is another guy I would circle back to because, again, you have a pretty massive hole in that top six. You have a guy in Alex Galchenyuk who has been a 40-point player for five seasons in a row before this season. He's a good hockey player that you know found himself in maybe some shit situations, didn't have a great role in the wild, played for the Coyotes who were dog shit. Um, the fact that he couldn't figure it out in Pittsburgh is a bit worrisome. But again, he's a guy at a million bucks or so. I would take a crack on. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't he's think it's a skill. Th- that top six I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a skill thing with Galchenyuk. Like he could have a similar thing like Vertanen. It's just a work ethic, you know? It's I don't see a player like that fitting in with what the Canucks are building. Again, the Canucks, their best players, Pedersen and Hughes, the Millers. They're their hardest working players also. They're just not their best because of because of skill alone. It's that fucking effort. And I believe that's who they're trying to bring into the dressing room only. That has to be a thing. Are you skilled? Great. But are you are you that guy? You pay attention to the details. You, are you going hard every shift? That's the type of player that uh, Travis Green wants. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think the skill thing is a problem for Gilchenyuk. I really do believe it's just a work ethic because this guy just gets buried. 
He gets buried in the lineup. And, Every but lineup. That's why I wonder if he might be motivated on like a one-year, $1 million deal because he made $4.9 million a season for the last three years. And he got steadily worse. But he's only 26 years old. Like, he's a guy I'd be comfortable taking a gamble on if I were the Canucks. Just saying. How um, about Anthony Duclair? Duclair, I just don't think will come at a price that's, you know, he's he's a he's a he's a bargain bin beauty to an extent. Um, again, show with the West Coast bias. You know, we we do think of that Canucks angle. He's not a guy who I think the Canucks could afford. Yeah. Unless they move on some serious salary. I think Duclair, again, he's his own agent, but I think he's gonna look for at least two, three million a season, which would price him out of the Canucks range. But I do like Duclair as a player. Uh, he's a bit similar to Jake Vertan in the sense that he's just very inconsistent, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jake Vertanen, you just have the biggest opportunity right now, right? You got to, like, Jake Vertanen, if you're listening to this, right, there's probably a good chance you're listening to this, right? The opportunity that you have in front of you right now, right? One-year deal. One-year deal. That's what you're getting at, at the most. You get a chance to go into that top six, make the most of it, not just for the city, but for yourself. Like, this, is, this could be a career-changer type of year. This might be, or this might be the last year that you make $3 million a season. Straight oh, they're, they're up. signing Jake. I, I think they're going to end up signing Jake for like a two to three year deal. That's just You my think guess, so? You think so? Yeah. And for, for cheaper, right? Like two, like three years, 7.5, three years, $6 million. Yeah. When I, when I've done my exercises on cap friendly, like I have them at 3 million, like every, everyone else, but I, I think they could get him down to maybe like that 2.7 range. I don't even think he's worth three to be honest, man. No, and that's why, again, you can fault the Canucks for keeping Jake not to fully, but, you know, we, we already kind of went over that. Yeah, but 100%. Huge opportunity for Jake, but he's a guy who I'm looking for other options in the top six if I can in this bargain shopping. It's, it's yo, like a million dollars, you know? <laughs> I feel like he's worth 1.5. He's just too on and off. He's yeah, too on and off, man. I, I, I agree with you, man. But And, like, what again, else, is he, why, what else does he do when he's not— NHL forward. What else is he doing when he's not scoring? He's actually doing nothing. He's like, yo, who who swiped right on Tinder in the who last 24 hours? Swiped right on What's Tinder, going right? On? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to quick fire a few more names to you. Uh, you let me know if you have any comments on any. Uh, Harmon mentioned this in The Athletic. I've liked him too. Dominic Cahoon got some Calder love uh, in 2018-19. Bounced around a couple teams last year. He's a pretty good player. Dominic Simone from Pittsburgh. Bottom six possession driving forward. Andreas Athanasiu who went unqualified by the Oilers. And then last but not least, Josh Levo. Got to mention Josh Levo because who knows how his skating is going to be, but uh, he's he's a good possession driving forward who probably makes more sense in that top six than Jake Bertanen. There you go, bud. There you go. All right. So those are some of my bargain bin beauties on uh, at forward. On defense, a couple names. Uh, Madison Bowie, former first-round pick, uh, played in Detroit last season. Right-shot defenseman, big body. Um, you know, overall, uh, his, his metrics aren't terrible considering he played on a bad Red Wings team last year. I'd be okay taking a shot on him. Slater Cuckoo is a similar story. First round pick with the lightning in 2012 was not bad on a terrible Chicago defense last year. Uh, and Jan Rudd is a bit the opposite. He was, uh, playing a, a small role on Tampa's team and didn't even find himself playing in the playoffs, but I, I don't mind the player uh, in a nutshell there. So I do think the Canucks probably got to try and sign one more guy. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised if they just roll with what they have right now. Now that they've Me acquired too. Nate Schmidt, they go with Jordy Ben and one of the rooks on the back end. And then maybe another rooks, the seventh defenseman to kind of compete with Jordy Ben for, for ice time. I think that Nate Schmidt deal is an absolute steal, bro. Like,
they actually oh, got it's, a, it's a great deal. They got a play it's a driver. Fantastic. You know? They got a play deal. driver, and that that counts when you're building up. Um, like the uh, let, let's say there's an all Canadian division, right? Let's say there's an all Canadian division, and the Vancouver Canucks are gonna have to play Montreal, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton to get into the playoffs. If you take the five or six best players and then throw in the goalie on top of those five or six best players from each team, the Canucks are a top three team in that division. A top, the, the, real talk, they are. They are. And Nate Schmidt, he, he, he gets added to that to that court. He's a fucking play driver, man. He's not just another top four defenseman. I've seen that guy play many times. He he, he changes the game. He does yeah. things. Yeah, he's got some fucking wheels, man. And he's, uh, you know, he's maybe not, doesn't have the... I don't. I hate to compare him to, to Quinn Hughes. Not yeah. quite as electrifying or not quite as intelligent as Quinn Hughes, but the guy plays with a fucking yeah. motor at 150 percent, man. Yeah, uh, Quinn. You Hughes, know, he's 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 Alex Biega with skill. <laughs> Quinn Hughes plays like when Quinn Hughes has the puck, you're playing his game. He will play at whatever pace he wants to play, and you're you're gonna play at that same pace too. Nate Smith, he just kind of he just on a Red Bull every shift, you know. But he works. It works. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking works, man. And you know what? You know, we we've, we've been working here on Silky and Filthy for the better part of a year and change now, man. It's 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 been a lot of fun making shows here on the network. Uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm sad to take a break. Looking forward to having a daughter becoming a daddy. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to see what this connect team does in the future. I hope I am still covering this team, talking about this team in some respect down the road too, man. And uh last but not least, man, I, I couldn't wish for a better podcast partner in you, Kyle Bowen. The yeah, voice of a fucking raspy ass angel. Yeah. I fucking love it, man. There you go, man. There you go. That's the end of it. Uh, we'll be back in 2021, I guess. Right? Let, let's perhaps, take... perhaps not. Oh. Maybe, maybe you'll invite me back on the network if uh, Seven comes back. But uh, it might be the Nick Bondi show for a couple of months. But go subscribe to the Nuts. Dude, just Scotty take now. a we're couple months off, dude. Take a couple months off. It's not like we're making racks doing this, you know. Take a couple months off. Don't even think about this shit. Just uh, I'll message you in uh, late December and we'll get organized. Fucking you know guy, what, you're having I a daughter, man. This guy loves hockey more than anyone, man. Yeah, you can't tell me not to think about <laughs> hockey. It's just not going to happen. But uh, Real it's been time. a fucking blast. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Uh, you know what? Uh, I gave I gave the listeners a shout out on the quickie. Over fifty thousand downloads on the year. Uh, you know what? There's uh, there's bigger and better, but uh, you know the fact that we had fifty thousand downloads is pretty fucking awesome. So no, that's great, man. That's great. Uh, big no shout clout. out to the listeners. No, no clout, but all those downloads, all those listens, and we look at the stats, man. You guys are listening to entire episode so uh that that really matters to us that really does that that's we what matters fucking, we fucking appreciate it we fucking appreciate it kyle any Real any time. last words before i uh bid adieu for a little bit yeah let's uh let's press this hey button. there's a bullshit <laughs> yo nick bonnie man i think i think nick bonnie needs to upload our stuff onto youtube you know this guy still is living off of ei and serb which is cool which is cool 2020 has been rough as fuck rough as fuck but I think it's time for the network to get a new audience, okay, via YouTube or something. So I think we have to go down that route. And, uh, yeah, Bondi, if you're listening to this, just take the audio. Let's make some nice trailers. And I think it should be his job. I mean, we're talking about the the boss, Trevor Beggs, and the network manager, Kyle Bowen, relaying this message to you uh, via on air. Do it. Do it. Do it. Heading into 2020, 2021, and I think our, our lives will change. That's like my that message, look, man. And uh, you know, I Bondi and I have talked about off the air how he uh, really wants to become the godfather of my firstborn child. So, uh, you know, Bondi, you know, I keep working hard. Uh, we haven't made that choice yet, so just uh, never say never. We'll just say just it. If, if, if our podcasts go on YouTube 
via Nick Bondi taking his time uploading it and filling out the bios and whatnot and creating cover arts, you can be the godfather of your child. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'm just telling Bondi, you know, you work hard. Big things can happen. I was close, man. I was close. I tried, Bondi. I tried. Okay, okay. That's it. That's it. Give them your last sign off. Yeah, once again, appreciate you all listening. Thanks again for listening to Silky and Filthy. Puck talk and bullshit here on the Nux Misconduct Network. Go subscribe to the Nux Misconduct Network. You get power the towel of Nick Bondi. He's still running. He's been a fucking beauty. Had great guests on all year. Uh, keep tuning into NuxMisconduct.com for more content there. And otherwise, enjoy the offseason, and we'll catch you clean bastards next time. <laughs>